I could forge the governor's signature better than anybody else. I do remember dating a girl whose daddy said, I really don't want you to date him because his mama is the Republican county chair. And that's where voters are looking for the character of the candidate. And I would kind of say that I'm a little bit of the Forrest Gump of that. Hello there. This is George C. And you're listening to See the Future, a podcast focused on interesting conversations with interesting people in business, government, politics, and academia. Thanks for listening. Todd Olson has decades of experience in politics, beginning in 1978 with the Bill Clements campaign for Texas governor. Todd was a leading political operative during the Bush years and has worked with Senator John Cornyn and multiple other leading national officials. Todd is one of the most trusted and capable political advisors that I've ever worked with, and I'm excited to chat with him today about the past, present, and future of Texas politics. Todd, welcome to See the Future. Good morning. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. So let's let's get right into it. Tell, tell me how long you've been doing politics. <clears throat> I will. So my answer to that is my earliest memory of politics is the 1968 and 70 governor's race because my mom was a first generation Republican, very grassroots. And so she volunteered at the Paul Eggers for Governor headquarters, kind of ran that in downtown Austin, mm. a little place that's now the Counter Cafe. Um, but our our ping pong table growing up was a Paul Eggers four by eight yard sign, <laughs> old wooden yard <laughs> that's sign. Great. So that is that's my memory. And we walked blocks with her. I was the youngest, so she dragged me around wherever she would go, and, and I just got bit by it. 52 years ago. It was a long time ago. I want to say he got 46 or 48 percent of the vote. Do you remember? He got drummed. Um, a couple of years later in 72, uh, we got a lot closer. The Republicans got a lot closer. But as you know, the first Republican governor was Governor Bill Clements uh, six years later. You know, it's it's funny. Speaking of governors of Texas, people forget that if John Connolly had had tapped out, um, I don't think it was Spiro Agnew, I think it was Nelson Rockefeller. I think Connolly lost to, to Rockefeller, I think, or Ford, maybe it's Ford, to be Nixon's vice president, that Connolly would have been president during the 70s. <clears throat> maybe would have beaten Jimmy Carter, who knows? Wow. A lot of history, a lot of change. W- would you talk about how lonely it was to be a Republican when you were a younger person and, and how you saw the state evolve into what it is today and then how you see it evolving going forward? It was lonely as a Republican, especially in South Austin and Austin. And then eventually we moved from Austin to Bastrop, Texas. My mom um, went to the county clerk and said, I'd like to hold a Republican primary and was told, you know, no, (laughs) just we don't have those. We don't need them. We have Republicans. We don't let them vote. Leave before we pull out the guns. She was the (laughs) so she had to call secretary of state who was uh, a Democrat and said, I really, you know, I need help getting this. So she helped host the first Republican primary in Bastrop County. Um, I do remember dating a girl whose daddy said, I really don't want you to date him because his mom is his mama is the Republican county chair. 
Um, I also remember that my mom and one of my best friends' mom, who was the Democrat county chair, were great friends. They would, you know, they'd talk and they would, and Tommy and I, you know, did stuff together all the time. We never thought about that one way or another, except, you know, during campaign time, we differed on who we were supporting, Mm -hmm. but good friends. Um, It is having gotten the chance to work, uh, I guess the 78 race was um, your granddad, Governor Clements, running for the first time. I was in high school. Um, He ended up coming to Bastrop. And my mom um, was in charge of putting together the kind of the drivers that would go pick up the group from the airport, drive them to the event and back and forth. And I got to be part of that. And it was a really, really big deal for me. In that, <clears throat> I met um, a handful of young Clement staffers that um, from that point, I said, that's what I want to do. Huh. Um and it didn't quite take. So we did block walking and college Republicans. Um, but it was got a chance to work on the first Republican governor's race. Um, later uh, worked as a paid staff member for Clements in 86. But also because of that, worked on the first Republican uh member of the Texas Supreme Court, Chief Justice Phillips, first Republican Ag Commissioner, Rick Perry, first Republican Treasurer, Kay Bailey Hutchison, first woman uh, Republican elected to the U.S. Senate. So a lot of firsts that were groundbreaking. And and um, and I would kind of say that I'm a little bit of the Forrest Gump of that. It, it, I, I was there and helping on it, but it, there were a lot of other people that were strategically um, important to those first victories. So 42 years ago is a, is a long time ago. And it's, it struck me as relevant and important that I was fortunate enough to have a grandfather who was arguably the most powerful man in the state for a long time. And yet today, I'll bet if you went on the street and asked who's Bill Clements, you might have 10% Remember, it might be higher than that, but I, I don't think it's a lot higher than that. And I guess that s- strikes up for me that time moves so quickly and, and it, it, it carries everybody away eventually. And if you're involved in politics, you have to be about generational accomplishment because the figures and the individuals who all play a part in that stream, they're all going to go away in time. So what you preserve in terms of a policy system or construct that's good for the whole state and good for everybody in the state is a generational effort that you've got to stay focused on. Would would you talk about what the stakes look like today vis-a-vis what the stakes looked like in 98, 94, and where we're going and how people should be thinking about policy and issues and how Republicans stay in charge going forward? Yeah. Sorry, that was a really long question, but a lot of stream of consciousness stuff going on. You know, I think the stakes are for, you know, being involved in campaigns, having written the line, you know, this is the most important election in a, in a generation or a decade. Every year. It, now, um, I don't think that could be more true. It is uh, just thinking about, you know, the, the demand destruction that happened between February and, and you know, 
last week in terms of um, consumption of energy, in terms of production, and the issues couldn't be bigger. So let's back up a little bit. You work, you work for the Columbus administration. What did you do after that? <clears throat> so went to work for Clements in the mailroom. Um, I had ambitions to be uh, in the press office and uh, instead got asked to go to the mailroom, which is called Constituent Services. Um, I will tell you that my claim to fame there was that I could – um, and I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations has gone on this, <laughs> but I could forge check forge the governor's signature better than anybody else. And mm-hmm. so occasionally the executive staff would walk documents over to me and have me sign them in the early days because we didn't have what was then called an auto pen or it wasn't delivered. I'm pretty sure looking back on that now, I was the only one willing to be, you know, immediately fired and <laughs> prosecuted for forging documents. Um, but I, <clears throat> after the first session, I interviewed with Carl Rove, um, who was on a show, in a Shoal Creek office. He had um, helped win some really important state Senate races. He had obviously built his company with Bill Clements as his biggest uh, supporter and his biggest client. Yeah, and, first client. And one that said, you know, Carl, I want you to figure out this, you know, this targeting stuff. Um, I interviewed with Rove. I can remember sitting across from him and he said, you know, this job is administrative. Um, And I said, yes, sir. And he said it pays twenty four thousand. I said I can take no less than twenty six thousand a year. He said this job pays twenty four (laughs) thousand. I said, I'll take it. So that was, I was off. Um, Got from there, got to work on some pretty big races. The first, um, uh, the first Supreme Court and first Railroad Commission. Appointees of Governor Clements, like Ken Hance, that that got to serve on the Railroad Commission, uh, made, you know, instantly made international news as a Texan showing up at OPEC. Um, and talking to them about oil prices. Not a bad gig to get to go fly out to Vienna and hang out at the Imperial Hotel and Hobnob with shakes over there. It's a pretty, pretty good racket. And My if, only question when you started doing that was, why didn't these guys do this before now? <laughs> and he had an impact. When you hear him tell the story, you know, it's, hey, I went over there. It's this crazy West Texas Kent Hance draw. But he had an impact, and he made relationships with um, for the United States as a Texan um, that would be very helpful in the years going forward. I think people forget because a lot of times going by, a lot of water under the bridge. What a spectacular politician Ken Hans was. I mean, he was a rare, rare political talent, even in, in legendary Texas political circles. People forget he's the only one who ever beat George W. Bush in a political race and I remember meeting him at the Lubbock Club in 1986 and I just immediately went I love this guy because he's so funny and so charming and endearing so anyway he's a legendary Texas politician that people are already forgetting about too early yeah so uh, you, you you went with Rove you went, you were on a bunch of really interesting political races then and you bought the business what 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 triggered that how did it become your business so he had, so um, 
mid to late 1998, um, the then Governor Bush is taking steps towards running for president. Um, Rove called a handful of us in and said, I, you know, I want to play a big role in the president's, in the governor's presidential race. Um, but he wants my, you know, he doesn't want me to have a parachute. He wants me all in. Um, so you guys are going to buy the company. Um, here's when you're going to do it. Here's how much you're going to pay. And, and oh, by the way, you can't tell your spouses. And we looked, looked at each other and we were like, what? <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy a company. And, but it was the pending announcement that he was officially really going to run for president was in November and December of 1998 was still closely guarded. And everybody knew that if Rove was selling his company, that he, that he would have to answer that question. So he, he was serious when he said it, don't, um, we put together that, um, it was a, you know, hundred percent by his company. Um, it was no guarantee that you will have any of my clients will stay with you and you no guarantee that you will get work from the president from the presidential race. Um, we worked on dove into the idea of trying to make sure that we were able to uh, do direct mail fundraising for the president in terms of building lists, which at that time was the you know was the unique effort of how do I raise money? raise net income. And so a lot of direct mail and uh, fundraising was, I'm going to throw this out there and see what comes back. And Rove's model was, uh, I am going to segment the files and the lists, and I'm going to provide to my clients a detailed description of exactly how much every piece of mail costs and what that list or list segment returned. So getting to help launch a presidential effort there was was phenomenal. And Intense. It was the scrutiny on what we did and what we got paid was truly intense because we knew that would re also reflect on Carl and the, the governor of Texas. Do you think it was fair for then Governor Bush to order Carl to sell the business uh, as opposed to letting him have a parachute? Was that a fair thing to do? I, I, I ask because. I've always thought not not really. That's a pretty extreme request. I understand where he thought he was in a position to be able to demand that, but that's a little unusual. What are, what are your thoughts on that? And well, heck, no, it's not fair. You know, as a political <laughs> consultant, no, 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 no. It it um, it was a all in type of proposition, and, and Rove had a reputation that was you know he was a really big thinker and that he wanted to be involved in the minutia of everything. He chose, you know, the shade of blue that was going to be used in the logo. He sat there and said that, you know, the B and, and Bush in the logo should be closer to the U and Bush. So all that level of details and President Bush knew that then that the more of Carl's time would be better. Um, but it was a, you know, for Rove to do it, it was um, it was bold on both of their parts. But I'm, I'm surprised he did it. So let's 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 wind it up with this. You're talking to the Gen Z 
next generation beyond Gen Z. I don't know if that's Gen AA or what, but Todd Olson, who's wanting to get into a, really what amounts to be public service. I mean, you really don't, unless you're in it for unspectacular reasons, the only reason to go into to political and public policy work is because you love your country and you want to, you want to get back. So it's kind of indirect public service in a way. So he, they, that person, girl or guy, comes into your office and says, what's the number one thing I should do to have a successful career in this area? What's the number one thing I should avoid? What, what do you tell yeah. them? Well, stay grounded in your church um, and your family. It, I would get involved with public policy organizations that are helping shape um, so that you get a sense of truly how big this Texas budget is and how big of a decisions you're going to be asked to, to help make. Um, get a sense of how to lead. And if you have run a business, then you are, then that is the first thing that I'm going to look to is, do you have a, an ability to get people to do what you want them to do? And, and, and not in a CEO way of do it because I'm paying you to do it, but do it because you love your job and you want to come to work and you you know feel great about it. And um, so those things. And there's you know we're sitting in Texas Public Policy Foundation. There are you know others that are remarkable around the state. The Texas 2036 group. The many of these that you could. Um, that you could invest your resources and your time so you get an upfront seed in, in the process of this. Um, and it will make you want to run more than, than you've ever run. If you can do more in the next decade in this state and country than, than I think has ever been a, uh, heaped on, the responsibility heaped on this next generation is, is more critical. Um, so just how do we get back? How do we change education? Um, so those are the things. And I would say put down on paper what you believe um, so that you uh, don't get tugged around by the marketing guys, by the political consulting crew, and by the groups and other donors that are going to want you to be something different. Um, Make sure you know where you are um, on those big issues. Hey, this has been a real pleasure. This has been a great conversation, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be your friend and have been your friend for 11, 12 years now, something like that. And I wish all the very best to your family and your, and your company. And, and here's to a much better 2021 than the pandemic, coronavirus, COVID-19, Wuhan flu year of 2020. Yep. Well, it is an honor. Thank you. Thanks for listening to See the Future. This is George C., and I'll hope you join us for our future conversations. 